Design divas don't get jobs. And if they do, it's because they hid their divaness. The inevitable end is design divas don't hold jobs. So let's self-assess. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Design Today. I am your host, Dylan Winspear. Today, we're talking about design divas. But before we do so, let me make a quick plug. Shout out to everyone who's been involved in the Slack channel. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've had some really good conversations, great people collaborating, contributing, asking questions, and really getting the dialogue going. Uh, it's become a lot more exciting, and I'm grateful for that. So if you have not joined the Design Today Slack community, please do so. You can join that by heading over to the designtoday.com website, going to community, and signing up. You'll receive your invite in your email. So here's what's got me all jacked up today. One of my best friends who was let go at the beginning of this pandemic found himself at a new job this last week. Pretty awesome. It goes to show that talent is still being hired even in these rough times. So don't let yourself think that it's not possible. But I digress. He's got a job. That's awesome. Uh, he and I often jump into Zoom calls to chat and hang out, talk design. We were chatting last week and he mentioned about how it was ironic that the company that reached out to him told him that they, quote, wanted to move fast in the hiring process. First, if you're told that, continue to set your expectations a little bit lower. It's still going to be a few weeks. Second, when he heard this news, he got excited for a whirlwind of an interview process. I want to share a few things that he observed in this process and what we concluded together in one of those Zoom chats that we had. His first call is what you would typically expect in the interviewing process. Uh, he got an interview phone call from a recruiter. They do a little BSing as if they're vetting you for the position, but ultimately they're just trying to schedule the next interview. If you get turned away at this point, something is seriously wrong and we can probably fix that pretty easily. You can reach out and we can figure that out pretty quickly. Um, really, this phone call is just to make sure that you're a UX designer with a few of the job requirements that they've posted. Uh, and ultimately, they just want to get you into the next interview. Before you argue that this isn't always the process, you're correct. This isn't the process if you're applying for Facebook or Google. This is the process for the majority of job interviews. Then there was the second interview. This was with the UX lead and a product manager. They chatted, they reviewed my friend's portfolio, they talked about the job, asked questions, you know, did the full nine yards to make sure that he was the right fit for the job. This is where I got involved. After that interview, they called me asking if we could talk about my friend and his work. You should know that I was his manager for a year uh, or maybe a little bit longer at Domo. And prior to Domo, he and I worked together where I was also his manager for about three years. Um, so I'd like to think that I've got a pretty good idea of his strengths and weaknesses. And on that phone call, I was able to speak to those strengths and weaknesses. I made a really conscious decision not to oversell him at the risk that they found out that he was my best friend and discredit everything I said. Uh, but after our call, my friend got a phone call from them and he got the verbal job offer. Two days later, the official job offer came and it was in his email. So what did we learn? What were the reasons for each step in that process? The recruiter call was just to check basic requirements. The second call, the technical interview, was to ensure technical skill sets uh, and get a feel for him as a person. The reference phone call, that was the design diva check. So what's a design diva? There isn't a definition in the dictionary for design diva, and hopefully there's not one in Urban Dictionary, but I'm sure you can start to put together what a design diva is. 
A design diva is an arrogant, stiff, egotistical designer who believes it should be their way or the highway. In other words, if business doesn't do what they suggest, then business is a bunch of morons who can't run a business. Now, normally you don't find a purebred design diva. Most design divas run into what we call a mixed breed. No one calls it that. I just call it that. So let me ask, are you a design diva? If you responded no, chances are you might actually be. If you had to sit and think, chances are you're probably not. Why? Someone who's self-aware enough to reflect and self-assess is probably mindful that this behavior is unacceptable. Someone who just blurts out no to the question stands a higher chance of being a design diva because obviously they already think fairly highly of themselves, a trait that tends to come with those design diva breeds. But that one question isn't enough to self-assess. So let me ask a few more questions. When collaborating on design solutions, do you tend to speak or listen first? When given feedback from stakeholders or developers uh, or other sources, do you heed that feedback or dismiss it as uninformed? Does the designer behave as if they know more about the business than the business? Does the end result of a project look the same or different than the designer's initial ideas. By addressing these questions in your own design life, you'll get a clearer picture of who it is others had the opportunity to work with. Using these questions to assess designers on your team will also allow you to assess if you've got a team player or not. The consequences of having a design diva on a team are pretty obvious. But like we said, most people are mixed breeds and not purebred design divas. So if we work at shrinking that design diva in all of us, what can we then expect? For starters, better end products or solutions. Those who are able to check their ego at the door will be able to come up with better end results via great collaboration than they would have if they started the product already with an end result in mind. Want better end results? Include others in the process. Allow them to bring their skills to the table. Learn what you can from them and watch how the journey just kind of goes in the direction that it needs to go, uh, in a direction that is going better than you could have imagined. Additional benefits will include better working relationships with your coworkers, in turn, more happiness in your work life. Isn't that the ultimate dream? So there you have it. Self-assess, start thinking through how you approach your own design work. Are you a design diva? Don't answer it so quickly. Think about how others might perceive you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Design Today. If you enjoyed this, liking and sharing does more than you'd imagine for helping spread the word and get other designers here to the podcast. So please, let me know what you think, like it, share it, send it to a coworker who's a design diva. No, I'm just kidding. That would probably really suck to be that person. Uh, but share it and uh, make sure that you're collaborating in a way that doesn't come across as a design diva. We'll see you later.